Welcome to the Broadcast Storm, episode number 91, CCI Collaboration Lab Structure. Hey everybody, this is Kevin Wallace, and in this episode of the Broadcast Storm, I wanted to share with you the overall structure of the CCI Collaboration Lab exam. Now, by the way, the structure I'm going to define, the three different parts, the diagnostic, the troubleshooting, and the, the configuration parts, that's going to apply pretty much across the board to CCI labs, but I'm going to be focusing specifically on the CCI Collaboration Lab during this podcast episode. In fact, I'm currently creating a product to help get people ready for version two of the CCI Collaboration Lab. I'm anticipating it's going to be out sometime between the 1st of April and the end of June 2019, but that's currently in the works. That's what I'm mainly focused on right now. But let's take a look in this episode at an overview of how the lab is structured. It's changed a bit since version one of the lab. Version two, by the way, came out July 23rd, 2018. And instead of just going in and getting your eight hours to go through a lab where Cisco has broken some things before you sit down, so there's integrated troubleshooting as part of the lab as you go through your lab tasks, there's now three different sections we have to navigate. There is a diagnostics section, a troubleshooting section, and a configuration section. Before we get into all that, let me explain what it's going to look like when you sit down at the lab. When I took the CCA Collaboration Lab, well, actually it was called the Voice Lab then, a few years back, I would sit down at the desk and there would be phones mounted on my little cubicle walls and I had my PC in front of me, but I had physical phones that I could call one to another. I could see what the phone display was saying. It's very different now. When you sit down now, you've got your candidate PC and you've got a set of headphones, but there are no physical phones present. That's probably good for the other people in the testing center that are taking other tracks of their lab. I think I might have been next to somebody in the service provider track that was taking their lab and I'm a few feet away and I'm ringing phones and I'm sure that was a little annoying to them. I tried to turn the volume down so it didn't bother them too bad, but I think Cisco's made a good leap here in getting rid of the physical phones so it's not going to disturb anybody else in the lab environment. But how do we get to the phones? It's going to be through RDP. We're going to have remote desktop protocol that gets us access to these different computers that are running Cisco Jabber as our software-based client. Now, there are physical phones in the lab, not where we are. They're out in some data center somewhere, I guess. But we've got physical Cisco 8845 phones. Now, how do we control those if they're not at our desk? Well, we're going to be using something called PhoneView. There's a phone view application that displays the keypad on the phone. You can interact with that keypad. It's going to show you in this application what the phone screen is showing. So the first big thing I want you to understand is you're not going to have access to physical phones. You're going to have your candidate PC and you're going to have a headset. It's probably going to be like a dual monitor PC. You've got lots of real estate on it. But let's get into the actual structure of the lab. First of all, you've got to pass the written exam to even be able to sit the lab. Let's assume we've already done that. Once you get to the lab, as I was saying, there are three parts to the lab. There's a troubleshooting section, a diagnostic section, a configuration section, and you have to pass each one. First, let's talk about the troubleshooting section. You're going to have two hours to complete the troubleshooting portion of your lab, and if you need it, you can get an additional 30 minutes. However, if you take that additional 30 minutes, that 30 minutes is going to be subtracted from your configuration time. So you want to make that decision very cautiously to extend your troubleshooting. But at the same time, you've got to pass every section. If you think you fail troubleshooting without getting some extra time, you probably need to get some extra time and hope that you can just really hustle when you get to the configuration section. But you're going to be doing troubleshooting on virtual devices here. So there's going to be one topology, not the topology that you're going to be doing your configuration on later, but you've got these virtual devices that you're interacting with doing troubleshooting. 
and you're going to be asked to actually fix and verify some issues that are reported. You've got two hours to do that. You've got an optional 30 minutes on top, but that 30 minutes will come out of your configuration time. After you finish troubleshooting, you move over to diagnostics. Now, there are no devices here. In the diagnostic section, you've got a 60-minute block of time, no variance there. You cannot add or subtract. You've got an hour. That's it. And you're going to be answering some questions based on the type of information you would have in the real world to diagnose a situation. You might have some trace file output. You might have some debug output. You might have a series of email correspondence between a couple of people about this issue that's being observed. And you need to be a diagnostician and come up with what you think the most likely issue is based on all the information presented. So think of this as almost a, a paper exercise. You're not going to be doing any configuration or even any typing in this section. You're just going to be looking through the information presented and making a diagnosis. Then you move on to your configuration. This is what we typically think of as being the CCI lab experience, where you're given a series of tasks and you've got a certain amount of time to go through those tasks. And because we're spending a couple of hours troubleshooting and an hour doing diagnostics, there's not as much time left for configuration as there used to be. You've got five hours for configuration, or you might have four and a half hours if you decided to take the additional 30 minutes for troubleshooting. You might end up with only four and a half hours for configuration. Now, that leads me to believe that you're probably not going to be faced with nearly as many tasks configuration-wise as you have been on previous versions of the lab. I suppose that could be viewed as good news in that there's less opportunities to make errors there, but they could still ask you to do things throughout the blueprint, so it's not like you have to study less in order to do the configuration section. Now let's talk about scoring just a bit. Each of the three sections, troubleshooting, diagnostics, and configuration, each section has its own minimum score that you have to meet. If you don't meet that minimum score, you fail that section, and here's the key. If you fail any section, you fail the entire lab. And the lab itself also has a minimum score. So a couple of things to keep in mind here. Let's say that you do great on the troubleshooting section. You fail a point or two short on the diagnostic section. And you do great on the configuration section. In fact, your total score for the lab is maybe a 75. And the lab minimum score is 70. You think, oh, great, I made a 75. I only had to make a 70. Not so fast. If you fail the diagnostic section, you still fail the entire lab, even though you meet the minimum score for the lab. You have to meet the minimum score for each section, and you have to meet the minimum score for the lab itself. In fact, you could have a passing score on each individual section. Let's say you made the minimum score for troubleshooting and the minimum score for diagnostics and the minimum score for configuration. If those don't add up to the lab's minimum score, then you still fail the lab. So it's important to understand you've got to meet four different minimum scores. You've got to meet the minimum scores for each of the three sections, and you have to meet the cumulative score that's set as the minimum score for the lab. And that's an overview of the CCI Collaboration Lab structure. We pointed out that you're going to be sitting in front of a computer, maybe with a couple of screens. You're going to have a headset. You're not going to have access to any physical phones. You're going to be using RDP to get to Jabber clients. You're going to be using PhoneView to remotely control Cisco 8845 phones. We mentioned that when you go through the lab, there's going to be three sections, troubleshooting, diagnostics, and configuration. You have to meet a minimum score for each section individually. Then you add them all up, and that cumulative score it's got to meet the minimum score for the lab. So you've got to pass four thresholds 
in order to pass the lab. I certainly want to wish you the best in your studies if you are going after the CCA Collaboration Lab. In fact, that's one of my big focuses here at Kevin Wallace Training over the next few months. We're creating training materials for CCA Collaboration Lab candidates. We anticipate that our video training series is going to be out sometime between the 1st of April and the end of June of this year, but that's primarily what I'm focusing on now and over the next few months. But we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode, and I look forward to spending time with you again on the next episode of The Broadcast Storm. Thank you.